thankful today to have Brother James Woods with us. And amen. I'm going to let him introduce himself and his, you know, where he's from, his family, and things, whatever he feels led of the Lord to do. But amen. I'm anticipating something in the Holy Ghost today. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I feel today that God's doing some things. Amen. Great. He's been telling this church. He's been telling us. Amen. There's greater things ahead. Amen. Amen. Lift that hand all over this place. Come on. Let's welcome the ministry of Brother James Woods to this pulpit. Praise the Lord, everyone. Let's clap our hands for Jesus, because he's the reason we are here. Amen. You know, God is good. Amen. I give honor to Bishop Purdue. I give honor to this great church. You guys have a uh, wonderful-looking building. Amen. It's beautiful in here. I'm excited to be in Indiana. I come to Indiana a lot, so I'm excited to be here. Amen. I give honor to my wife in her absence. I have a wife, and I have four kids. My oldest is only five, so my hands are full. But God is good. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do here today. You would be remiss if you missed tonight's service. Don't do it to yourself. It's going to get real, real tonight. But I have a word from God uh, for this morning, or we're in this afternoon already, amen? So I have a word from God this afternoon, amen? And I just want God to bless you richly, speak something to your heart, encourage you, provoke you to good works. I'm going to turn to Matthew, the 21st chapter, beginning at verse 15. I'm going to read verse 16, and then I'm going to read the eighth psalm. You know, the Lord's trying to do something in the last day. But it reads as this, and when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. And said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have you never read out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, thou has perfected praise. The eighth psalm reads this. O Lord, O Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set the glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings has thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mayest still the enemy of the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visit him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, Whatsoever passeth through the path of the sea, O Lord, O Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Amen? I want you to put down your Bibles, lift up your hands, and let's pray to God. 
He's in this place. He wants to speak to his people. Allow him to touch our hearts today. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, we bind all distractions, all flesh, anything that will come against the moving of your spirit. God, we loose the gifts of faith in this place to operate, God. The word of knowledge, the healings, God. The workings of miracles, God. Prophecy, God, allow it to operate in this place. God, even through the preached word, God, I want you to talk to your people, to bring somebody up, God, to anoint them into their place, God, to use them in their ministry, God. I want you to go out this place, God. I want you to call the sinners in, God, but also provoke the church, God, to do your will, God. We love you. We praise you. We give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I come for a move of God. I want to preach this subject. Praise is perfect. Praise is perfect. And like I tell everybody, you don't know where I'm going. You can guess, I'm not just about to preach so y'all can hoop and holler and run around the church. I love those type of messages. But you know, sometimes we do that as a cover-up because we ain't really got nothing to say. So if I just get you running and shouting and uh and screaming, you say we had church. It don't matter if I prayed, don't matter if I heard from God, don't matter nothing. I just got you excited. I believe in excitement. But I also believe in substance. And if there's no substance behind my excitement, all I'm doing is entertaining you. But I didn't come to entertain your flesh. I come to talk to your spirit. I come to strengthen your spirit, man. When I leave here today, I want you to be changed. I want you to have an encounter with God. Amen. You know, when I go to camp meeting, I like to sit in the front. And I like if they got those speakers that's half the size of that. And when they boom, you feel it. But that's not all there is to praising God. And that's not all there is to worship. Amen. We got to have a depth through our worship. There got to be something behind it. You ever wonder why God wants to be praised? You know, I like to ask questions to God that are deep, and I want a deep answer. Amen. How does God want to be praised if God knows all things? Before I even open my mouth, he knows if I like him or not. God already knows he's the Alpha and Omega. He knows he's the beginning and end. He knows he's the first and last. He knows he's all-powerful. He knows he's all-knowing. And God knows he's perfect. He don't need help being perfect. He's all-perfect all by himself. You see, but sometimes... Long ago, I don't know how long ago, but God was all alone. God was by himself, and God decided to make creation. Amen? Now, we don't know the exact timetable. From the book of Job, I can tell you that he created angels before he created men. But at some point, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Amen? And God set the world in order. And he set the stars in the sky. He set the fish in the sea. And he created all these habitats. And he created nature. And then God is designing man. As I said, God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. And God creates this thing we call earth. But why does he need to be praised? You know, kind of like a video game creating stuff. 
you know, have all control over it. It's all great. You create stuff the way you want it to be. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, I, I feel to tell you, and I don't care what you think about it, really. We don't think about the emotional side of God. Because when we say perfection, we don't see weakness. Mm. But you can't be loved without weakness. What is your weakness in love? What you have affection towards. It's hard to love something if something don't love you back. God is love. That means God was love before there was creation. But you can't be love all by yourself. And the thing about it is, if I'm going to love something, it has to be compatible. You can love an animal, but it's not compatible with a human. You can love your dog and your cat all you want to. But they can't reciprocate the same love. Because they're not in the same image. They're not in the same likeness. God creates man, and one of the greatest verses of the Bible is when God created man. He set man in the garden because he wanted to make something like himself. And he brings the animals to the man, and he wants the man to name all the animals because the man has to exercise dominion like God does. He's making a compatible figure, right? And Adam... The animals come, and he's like, that's a lion, that's a dog, that's a bear, that's a cat, that's a dog. He names them all, and all the animals have helpmates. God, I oh, see y'all, we have a Bible study in here. I like to preach the word, the, the word. God looks at the man, and God says, it's not good for man to be alone. Now, let me break this down to you. Man has dominion. Man is perfect in his creation. Man has not sinned. Man don't have a need. Because there's food in the garden. He has dominion. He is in perfection. But if he's going to be like God, he's love. And he don't have nothing to... He don't got nothing to love. Adam is the son of God. God looks at his son and thinks about himself and says, I don't like to be alone. Oh, I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't like to be alone. Adam don't like to be alone. That He needs a helpmate. Not because something's wrong. If you are love with nothing to love, you are incomplete. Oh, come on. God can't be God if he has no creation. He's just a spirit. But when he created something, he became the God of his creation. I, I don't know who I'm talking to. God looks at Adam, and Adam don't have no helpmate. And anytime you're going to create a helpmate like God, the helpmate must come from within. He caused the great sleep to come on Adam took a rib out and created the woman and brought the woman to the man. And we have the first marriage. The first marriage pastor 
is a prophecy of the last marriage. 66 books just so Jesus can say he love you. 66 books just so Jesus can say he want to get married. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. We're made in the likeness and image of Jesus because Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. God said, you know, I'm going to give myself an image to interact with my creation. And we're going to get married. He said, y'all ain't hearing me today. And if Jesus is the second Adam, he must create a bride like the first Adam, which means he has to be opened up and his bride must flow out of him. When Jesus bled and they poked the spear in his side and blood and water came out, he purchased a church. And the church is the bride of Christ. Woo! It's the love of God that purchased your salvation. It is the love of God for which we praise God. <laughs> a bride. That's why we get baptized in Jesus' name. The ultimate proposal. But we're not compatible with God because God's a spirit. And you have to get the Holy Ghost to interact with the Holy Spirit. God is holy. Without the Holy Spirit, you're incompatible to be his mate. Whew. All this proposal, oh my God, this redeeming of his bride, my God, to say I want to be intimate with you. God, it's sad sometimes because we go through the theatrics of church and we might praise good, but there ain't no intimacy. We might hallelujah and shout, but like a real marriage, it lost its fervor. It lost its passion. I'm just doing it because everybody else is doing it, and it's exciting, but there's no depth in my heart. I don't feel God no more. I just do it to stay alive, and I like praising God, but there's no depth anymore. You see, it's like a real relationship. There was a couple in our church got into a fight. Now, if you pastor and you know about that, they got into a fight. They're in our office, and I mean, people fight in church. You think they don't fight outside? Whew, you're lying, and the truth ain't in you. They're going for it. In all my wisdom, I came up with a solution from God. I said, when's the last time y'all been on a date? That's a deep revelation, y'all. <laughs> they didn't know. I said, give us your daughter. Gave him money. Y'all go on a date. They went on a date. The wife said, it's like we were dating all over again. The spark was there. And without five counseling sessions... It fixed the problem. Because they're living together. They're doing the work of marriage. And maybe what we call intimacy of marriage, about the intimacy of mind and soul. So they had grown, they had grown far apart. 
one date. Fixed it. And you know what's going to keep it going? More. <laughs> but here's the thing. Church is Sunday. Church is Wednesday or whenever you have church. And that's just coming home to your spouse. And kind of talking and kind of eating dinner together. But not really engaging each other with any depth. Whoo. Not really being intimate with mind, body, soul, and spirit. So there is a gap. And the intimacy isn't there. But your marriage is there because of covenant. So that's why you stay. Not because of spark, but because you don't want to break a covenant. And you know we don't believe in divorce. Amen. But the same thing happens with our real groomsmen. Jesus. Because we came to church, we danced, we worshiped. But when we left the church, we did not feel God. There was no intimacy Monday through Saturday. There wasn't a closeness. And you know, it's kind of weird. It's, even when there isn't a closeness, we still desire a closeness. But we're not taking time to work on that relationship to have that closeness. Because what it takes is what God wants. Because you can't give your spouse what you want. You can't go on outreach and praise on the praise team and dance in the altar and say, God, this is what you want. When what God wants is some alone time. God wants you sometimes to shut off your life. To have time with him. You're not going to get it just dancing at the altar. You're not going to get it just at this altar call today. You'll get something. You'll get a touch. God will speak to you, but it's not going to keep your marriage strong. Just like the pastor, if he counseled a married couple, his counseling, unless they go home and change something, won't fix the marriage. Am I preaching to anybody? You go home, you go to work, you're busy. Come home, turn on television. Cook food. Call somebody. Waste time. Nine o'clock, ten o'clock, time to pray. You ain't praying. You can't focus. You're halfway asleep. And you love God, but you're losing your intimacy. Other times, it is earlier, but you go to pray. That devil called that iPhone. The other devil called that Android. You ever know, I'm a procrastinator. I'm the realest preacher you're you going to hear. Amen. I don't literally think that all the way. But, I t you know, I'm a procrastinator. Why is it when I go into prayer... All of a sudden, I get inspiration to get stuff done. I wasn't going to do it, Pastor. I wasn't going to do it. All of a sudden, I go to pray, set the prayer music five minutes in. You know what? I should cut the grass right now. I didn't take out the tray. Is the oven on? Did I lock the car because I got something in? I don't know. Distractions. Come to mind all of a sudden. You know, I didn't call that person in a long time. They might be upset with me. And it just comes. Whew, same thing in your marriage. 
I learned something from my wife. Wife don't want nothing. I can't buy her nothing to make her happy. You know what she said? She said, my love language is quality time. She said, I just want to spend time with you. I said, you want to go on a fancy date? No. You want this gift? No. She wants my attention. Church, I think I figured out God's love language. You got to pay your tithes, so you got to give God a gift. But his love language is quality time. Quality time, not qualitative time. Sometimes you can spend more time with God and not be doing nothing. You remember Martha and Mary? Martha was serving Jesus and not connected to Jesus because Mary was sitting at his feet. And he told Martha, Mary have chose the proper thing. Serving God is not building your relationship with God. Serving, some of y'all are like, oh, I done messed with your theology. I done messed with what you try to do. You're not going to give God enough to make him happy. Yeah, you got a tithe. Yes, he wants you to come to church. But he wants you. God wants you. He wants to cut the yellow tape. He wants to cut the formalities. And at the end of the day, he wants you. He wants time with you. He wants to be connected to you. He desires you. I'm going to preach how I feel. Let me come home. I've been on the road for two weeks. I walk in, my wife just say hi and start cooking. That's great. Do you miss me? Can I get a better hi? Can I get a kiss? Can I get a hug? Oh, y'all, I've been to y'all Kool-Aid, amen. Can I get something? We treat Jesus just like that. We come into church for choir practice. We come into church for prayer. We come into church for Sunday school. Walk right by Jesus. Uh-oh. We know what time they're going to sing the songs. How many songs they're going to sing. They're going to make a few announcements. They're going to take up the offering. I'm feeling kind of good today. I might give a little more. They're going to get to the preaching. We're going to have altar call. I might go up if the message is for me. If it's really for me, I might sit there because I don't want them to know it's for me. Amen? Sitting there. You know, I'm real carnal, y'all. I was sitting in church. Do I want fried chicken or a sub? See, y'all looking at me like, the preacher can't say that. No, I'm telling you what you're thinking. You know, it's kind of cold outside. It might be a chilly day. Go home, cook some chili. See, we start thinking all these things. And then we work. And then our heart, we still want to feel God. Because, yeah, your flesh is messing you up. But then your heart, you still want to feel God. All of a sudden, you say, I want to feel God. You done been cheating on God. With everything else. Your attention. Shorts. Reels. This generation is in trouble. 
TikTok. I know I got ADHD or something. I got short-term memory loss. You know, because my wife can tell me something I don't remember. <laughs> it ain't helping that YouTube got these shorts and Facebook got these reels. 15 seconds of pleasure. You can watch a video in 30 minutes. One second, a guy's catching a fish. Another second, a guy's cut, cutting, uh, cutting up a cow. All of a sudden, I'm interested in how the butcher work. <laughs> Amen? Oh, come on, y'all laughing because y'all don't seen some of it. Amen? Watching all these videos and all these shorts. Next thing you know, you ever know, you ever see this miracle? You ever get trapped in those Facebook uh, reels and the YouTube shorts, and you look down and 40 minutes and pass? But, but we ain't got time to pray. <laughs> we ain't got time to fast. We ain't got time to read the word. I'm, I'm going to show you the devil right now. You know what the Bible said? It said, be not ignorant of Satan's devices. That's why it's called an iPhone. It gets you trapped within yourself. Any honest people in here? I think we might be more saved if we ain't have no cell phones. Talk about the television. Woo, you don't need one. Amen. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel bad for our young people. Is Bishop going to get real, real? I'm going to be real, real. Teenage boys don't need a cell phone. I ain't have a cell phone. And my hormones were a problem. What? I'm not going to cuss, but what the world you think they doing with the smartphone and hormone and Snapchat? For the parents that don't know, you send a message and delete. What do you think they doing? Oh, they save sanctified and in the youth group. Y'all better come tonight. <laughs> they're, they're flesh. They're human. They have access to more temptation than we ever could imagine. We wonder what's wrong with the church. What's wrong with the church is men on them Facebook shorts and those reels and Instagram and all these apps too. We ain't looking at pornography, but stuff flashed on the screen. And that man ain't got a prayer life. It only takes 15 more minutes before he's in full-blown lust. We wonder how the devil get to us. You ain't let it in your front door. You didn't allow it to come through the house. You see, when I was young, we watched the movie. It scared me half to death. Because if you watch horror movies, I pray for you because something wrong with you. Watch a movie called The Portrait Guys. Y'all ever see that? Any honest folks in here? I don't know if y'all supposed to have TV or not, so I'm trying to get y'all in trouble. <laughs> movie called The Portrait Guys. In the movie The Portrait Guys, the spirit climbed out the TV. 
So, oh, oh Lord. So in the movie, they t- they go to a hotel. They roll the TV outside and just leave it outside. It's real. It'll come right to your TV. <laughs> the television is one of the most spiritual things there is. Now, I'm not for or against it. I'm just telling you the truth. They call it the television channel. Now, if somebody stood right here and told me they was channeling stuff, I'd be a little concerned. But they put it in a box and say, this is a channel. And it don't bother us. It's the media. The plural form for medium. If somebody told me they were a medium, I'd have a problem. But if they tell me it's media, I ain't got no problem. It's called a television program. Who's being programmed? You? Somebody say amen. And we wonder why sometimes we can't feel them no more. Because our flesh is full. Our f- when your flesh is full, you can't get in the spirit no matter how much you try. See, fasting is not just going without food. You got to sanctify your eyes. You got to sanctify your ears. You got to sanctify your speech. You can't let everybody touch you. If you're not married, it's not yours. I got to preach the rest of that tonight. Y'all got to come tonight. I'm about to just let it out. Amen. Satan is wise. Amen. I'm not saying he's right. He's all the way wrong. But he has more tools now to reel in people. He can't come hit first at the church. So he's not even trying to come hit first at the church. The doctrine of Balaam is one of the most wicked doctrines. Because the prophet Balaam, he could not curse the children of Israel. As much as he wanted to. He couldn't speak a curse. But he wanted that money Balak had. He said, now God won't let me curse him because God won't let the devil curse you. Devil ain't trying to curse you. He's trying to get you to curse Yourself. The way the demonic field works is I got to get you to do something that will turn God against you. He wants you to do something that will turn you into the enemy of God. That's why he loves for Christians to be entertained. Because you can only entertain spirits. Uh-oh. <laughs> he wants us to be entertained. And he makes sure the best entertainment is contrary to the word of God. So that if we partake in their entertainment, we lose our spiritual authority. Because you cannot cast out what you have entertained. 
He wants you to be addicted on horror movies. So if somebody really possessed, you can't deal with it. Uh-oh. He wants you to watch Marvel so they can drop lines of blasphemy of God. He wants that. Amen? Because the moment that the, what's his, what's his name, Dr. Strange gets up and asks Star-Lord, who's your Lord? And Star-Lord says, what am I supposed to say, Jesus? Once you sit there, you have partaken in blasphemy. And whether you knew it or not, you and Jesus' relationship had an infraction. Because if somebody says something about my wife, we're going to fight. But if somebody says something about Jesus, we're numb to it. We'll sit there, and it won't affect us. And we think Jesus is supposed to put up with that. Let somebody say that. About, who's, let somebody say, who's your wife? Becky? And me sit there and keep watching the movie. And how would my wife feel? That her husband is sitting there allowing somebody to disrespect her. It's called desensitizing. We are desensitized to sin. Where it used to affect us and we had a block up, a little leaven, leaven the whole lump. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Satan for years inching that when we see sin now, we can't, it's hard for us to speak against it. In our churches, I'm talking about across the world, amen, some of our young people have a hard time of identifying homosexuality as a sin. Because it's accepted in their schools. Newsflash, parents, have you been to a school lately? You ought to go. We ought to take a whole church field trip to the school and look at the curriculum. We're in kindergarten. They're teaching our boys and girls pronouns. And they get to pick whether they're a boy or girl. Across the nation. And we don't know what's wrong with the church. We're not involved in it. Sometimes we don't even know what's going on. And that's how far the agenda has been pushed. That when our kids come home, you almost got to detox them from the world. You got to have conversations at five you didn't used to have to have till 10 and 12. Because that's the direction the world is going in. But here's the sad part. We're so entertained by it. We're right in the middle of it. We're partaking in it. And nobody's raising up a standard. Hey, man. So when we go home at night and our heart is heavy, we go home and our heart is heavy at night. And I'm tired. I want God. But then my natural mind says, I got to get up at five. And I want God, but the, the kids wore me out today. Me and my spouse had a fight. I got so much going on. 
I got so many problems, but I want God. And we know we need God. But if I be honest, sometimes we find other ways to loathe ourselves. And we kind of lay in the bed and get comfortable and pull the blankets over. And we go to sleep with a heavy heart. Then we wake up with a heavy heart. And the only reason we're going to work is because you got to pay the bill. And you're going through life, and you still got your heavy heart. And God wants to spend time with you, but you're not making time for him to spend time with you. We walk around with broken hearts, and we come to church to get a moment of reprieve. And God just wants you to be intimate again. Listen, I'm going to be very practical. You're going to have to schedule prayer sometimes. You're going to have to tell people, I can't come out today. It's not time for Friday night favorite show. I need to be intimate with God. My heart is hurting. I'm tired of the same old, same old. I don't want to let my relationship become mundane. I'm trying to tell somebody, God desires a deep intimacy with you. Go, oh, come on. It's beyond the performance of ministry. It's beyond what you're doing for God. God wants your heart knit to his heart. He's the God of love. God loves you here today. The lady right here in the third row, you, come here. Yes. God's going to do something. Come here. Come here. God's going to do something for you. Amen. God told me to tell you he loves you. And he's going to lift your heavy heart. I feel like, a, like boulders of pressure on you. Heaviness. Spirit of heaviness. Raise both hands. God said you're going to get your joy back. You're going to get your laugh back. You're going to get your happiness back. I see darkness trying to overcome you, but he is the light. Speak that out right now. Oh, I even pray for your back right now in Jesus' name. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Jesus with you. you make more time for him. And everything that's coming against you, I push it back right now in Jesus' name. The spiritual attack, I command it to stop right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, can I have some ladies come pray with this lady? I'm commanding demonic spirits to leave her alone. And I'm commanding that the joy of the Lord shall be upon her in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Let's rejoice around this house. I'm telling you, some of you are going to get your joy back today. Some of you are going to get your praise back today. God is about to do something in your life. God is restoring your joy. Come on, if you believe that, stand up and dance for a second. I said, God is going to restore your joy. Come on, God's going to restore your peace. Come on, God's bringing you back into intimacy. Come here, young man. Nothing is wrong with Can you? Listen, young man, God told me to tell you nothing is wrong with you. You're just passionate for God, amen? You need some male mentors in your life because God has put a shift in your life. God is doing something new in your life. God said the sensitivity you have is because you love God. Don't allow anybody to take that from you, but allow God to aim it. Allow God to use it for his good. You love God. Don't be ashamed 
of being a man that cries. Don't be ashamed of being a man that worships. But my God, allow God to make you that man in the name of Jesus Christ. It's all over him. The spirit of praise is all over you in the name of Jesus. I want everybody who wants their intimacy back to run to this altar right now and get it back from God. Come on, if you've been distracted, if you've been fighting, away, come on. Come on, sister, raise your hands. God is doing transformation in your life. 